Well, turns out the past couple of days have been very news eventful. And, you know, so um, this is probably going to be a really long one today, boys and girls, whoever would be listening to this. So, uh, buckle up. I have a lot to talk about. And most of these are stories where I'd file under the shocking, but I'm certainly not surprised by them. Today is the Ides of March, and I'm your host, Ryan Adams. Watch out for anyone trying to stab you today, because this is the day to do it. I do not condone that. I'm not supporting that. Just beware the Ides of March. Alright, so today's topics. Oh, there's so many of them that I want to talk about today. But first... I would like to say, with the exceptions of not being able to get my own food or water, and you know, not being able to flush a toilet for my poop or anything like that, I seriously wish I could live life as a house cat. I mean, think about it. Or, you know, like a, a house cat that's very well taken care of. Because, you know, what does a house cat do? A house cat gets to do whatever it feels like. Again, within the confines of the house, but that's what I like. I like being in the house, being confined within its confines, and just being able to do what I want to do. And not having to do things that, you know, society wants me to do. You know, like go to work, stuff like that. <laughs> now, of course, as a house cat, I couldn't do this, which would suck, but I think as a cat, I wouldn't want to do something like this. Because it's not important. Cats are only focused about what's important in life. You know, food, shelter, water. And, you know, just doing whatever it is that makes you happy. And, you know, except for your, your humans telling you what you can't do. They, uh, they certainly allow you to do what you can do whenever you want to do it. So, you know, it's just... I just wish life were a bit simpler. And really, house cats have it made quite well. It's very simple, and all that good stuff. And, you know, I had that written down since yesterday, because I, I was just observing the cat, who just gets to lay around, do what he wants, and that's really nice. But it also, it also applies today. Alright, so... Some stuff you're, you're not going to care about. Um, our septic tank's having an issue out the house. Has been for years, honestly, but it's just kind of getting worse. So anyway, this is going to make me sound like a shitty person, but this is how I feel. And, uh, ironic that we're talking about septic tanks and shitty people. Uh, but, uh, so my, my grandfather, who's an all-around handyman and likes to do little outside work and stuff, has decided to take it upon himself to fix this problem. Okay? Now, he has his son, which is my uncle, 
with a backhoe, and he's a farmer, and also, you know, does this stuff, and, you know, helps out his sister, and what have you, you know, he helps out a lot, but, you know, and that's real nice of him, but he gets to sit in the backhoe and just dig the hole, and, you know, there's only gonna be one shovel to shovel in gravel, and I'm just, I'm just gonna feel very lost and not know what to do, but my mother had informed me earlier this week that they plan on doing this this week which happens to be today by the way so they um they're wanting to do it this week and my mom told me that i am expected to go and help them and of course whenever you're told whenever somebody like me is told something like that i will tend to go no fuck that Ask for my help. Don't just sit there and tell me I'm going to help. Ask for it. I don't like this whole just being expected to come help. I want to be asked, hey, do you mind to come help me? Because I know that if I don't go help, that I'm going to be condemned behind my back, which is bullshit, because that's not the kind of work I want to do. Nobody wants to help me do the work I want to do, because no one cares about the work I want to do. Nobody gives a shit about me. They only want me to do things for other people. And you know what? If that makes me selfish, then that fucking makes me selfish, and I don't give a shit. I want to do what I want to do. It's my fucking life, okay? It's my life. I do what I want. I will help when I deem that I want to help okay? And if you ask, I will help. Don't expect me to do shit for you, because that's gonna just piss me off. Alright? So I wish I could just be left alone and not have to worry about it, and it's part of the reasons I want to move far away from my family. I know that sounds very backwards, but it's how I feel, okay? I, I don't, I don't want to be expected to do things because it's the quote right thing to do right is nothing more right and wrong are points of view unfortunately they are societal points of view so yeah i want to move somewhere that's a little bit more selfish than that which may or may not be a good thing i don't i don't know somewhere like brooklyn or something like that hey do it your own self i don't know why i gave them a southern accent <laughs> i can't do the brooklyn accent uh, oh, that, that was horrible. I apologize for that horrible southern accent. Alright. So now to get on with the topics of the day. Um, so, a lot of these stories are going to be filed under the no shit Sherlock category. <laughs> and uh, it, it begs the question, well, are you surprised? No, speaking of house cats, I think mine just decided, oh, uh, he's sticking his paw at the door. I wish I had a studio that I could go and just be alone to do this in a place that looks better than my bedroom so that way I can actually film video version of it and get it on YouTube for, for people that might actually watch it. You know, it's just, I mean, behind me is nothing more than a bunch of clothes and the other side of me is my computer in my corner, just like the first few videos I did of it. My camera's not that great. But those are just excuses, I guess. No there's no there's nothing stopping me from doing it. I just I'm just not. 
there yet. And I, I don't think my presenting is there yet either. And plus the fucking cat won't fucking leave me alone. Alright, so stories filed under duh. There was a teacher in California the other day who uh, had a gun accident and injured three students. Again, file that under duh. <laughs> That's going to happen. You know, it's something that people have been saying. There was already an incident with a teacher and a gun earlier, like a couple of weeks back. You know, when, when the Parkland shooting happened, all of the right-wingers saying, let's arm all the teachers, that's going to solve all the problems. Except for it has now caused more problems. And now there's three students injured because of an accident in a California school, <laughs> nonetheless. California, the the, the state that uh, the right-wing says is uh, no guns allowed, period. Yet that allows guns to school, but there's a good guy with a gun, and he shot some people without there being a bad guy with the gun. So that makes him the bad guy with the gun now. And It's circular logic. It's all about the feels for these people, not about the logic. It's about the feels. You know, so no, teachers should not be armed. And I'm someone who wants to be a teacher. Teachers should not be armed. There's too many accidents waiting to happen with that. Going from the teachers shooting kids to um, the troubled kids actually breaking into the teacher stuff and getting their guns. Or maybe there's someone like a, a someone that's a little bit more sinister, like um, like a Voldemort type or a Tom Riddle type from before he was Voldemort. Coercing teachers to give him what he wants. And if he has real sinister plans that he can take the gun and shoot the teacher. That's a hypothetical situation, but it can happen. Somebody came up with the idea. So therefore, the idea can be executed. Alright. And so this clear, insane lack of logic on the issue has led to the students who it pertains to lead a nationwide walkout yesterday. I meant to cover this yesterday, but I didn't. At least I don't think I did. I talk about so much stuff on here, I tend to forget. Um, but So we had the school walkouts yesterday in response to the Parkland shooting last month. And Bernie Sanders actually joined them on the marches. Holy crap, a politician that actually cares. But we knew this, right? We knew this. And, of course, I saw a video where he showed up and the students went, you know, kind of Beatlemania on him. It was it was definitely fantastic to see that the young people care so much about, you know, the politician Bernie Sanders. Because he's the only one in the U.S. elected today that seems to actually give a shit about the people. And that is why Bernie would have won, and why Bernie can still win, so long as he's not cheated, which is very likely to happen. Okay, so I'm doing my stories a lot of order here, so I'm going to do some stuff here. So anyway, so the, that was pretty cool. And of course, naturally, the right-wingers are totally against the school walkouts, because there was a meme that floated around Facebook that kind of sums up how the how they feel about it, where they said, oh, this isn't a gun problem, this is a people problem. So instead of walking out, you need to walk up to people. You need to walk up to people and tell them they're having a good day and stuff like that, which I'm not opposed to. 
But you're not addressing the fundamental problem of today. You're not addressing the problem that the students can see so clearly. The problem, yes, is mental health and bullying and all that stuff. But that's human nature. Humans are shitheads, okay? That's just, that's another one of those file it under no shit Sherlock. Humans are shitty. And humans are very shitty to each other. And there will be responses to that, okay? And so what we need to do first, the first thing we need to do is to address the immediate problem, which is the extreme availability of these highly destructive killing machines. Okay, you can. There will be plenty of people disagree with me, and that's fine. I'm telling you my position, and my position is based on a position of logic. All right, and if you want to get into the constitutionality of it, I can do that. But you know what? I'm going to save that for some segments that I'm saving up, where I'm actually going to have conversations with people, and then they're going to air on Fridays. But they they will be pre-recorded due to scheduling, but they will air on my Fridays, and that'll be my Friday gap. All right, so. We got, um, so they're saying, walk up, not out, to the people that need help. And I say, okay, I agree with that premise. However, we still have to address the problem of the availability of these killing machines. So, meet me there first, and then I'll meet you on the mental health issue. Okay? Let's restrict the availability, then we can solve the societal issue. Because the societal issue will take a lot more effort to take. To, to fix than simple legislation regarding availability of killing machines. Okay? So, again, file that under duh, and I'm proud of the students. Um, I know that one of the superintendents to a local school here was actually decent response and said, okay, well, the time you can do it is this time, and you go to this place, and you can have the walkout, and you won't face consequences. That's from a school in Arkansas, okay? There are schools in other places that, I forgot what state it was in, but there was one that um, made students face a two-day suspension over uh, walking out, and there was one student out of 700 that did it. Congratulations to that student, because that was... That, that is courage, to look at authority and go, you know what, fuck you, I'm doing what I want, because it's what I feel is right. And that, that's true courage, folks. That person's going to do things, or get things done to them that prevents them from doing things, which I really hope doesn't happen, but thus is, thus is life. And moving on. Turns out that the U.S. Department of Defense has paid about $140,000 to Trump properties. Another one of those filed under duh. Because Trump wants all U.S. official business to take place in Mar-a-Lago and Trump hotels. So the U.S. government pays for U.S. government expenditures, which is the U.S. taxpayers, so the, the U.S. government pays for the expenditures, but the expenditures are being done at Trump-owned properties. Therefore, government money is going to Trump for doing government things 
that Trump himself is ordering to have done. Like, Trump wants them to meet at Trump properties, and Trump gets paid for that. Trump's getting paid to do stuff that's necessary to run the government that he's in charge of. That's your financial crimes more than anything. I mean, holy shit. What more you gotta do to say, hey, that shit ain't right. Of course, it's being reported in the media, you know. I, I didn't get that from the lefty news sources I get. I'm sure it's there. But I got that from a mainstream media news, um, from, from Apple News notifications. It's like, wow, they report on that, but the... And then again, it's already been reported on that, you know, the State Department has spent bukus of money on Trump properties, and, you know, he's held diplomatic meetings at Mar-a-Lagos, that's, that's the only place he holds his diplomatic meetings, so yes, all of that money, too, is going in Trump's pocket. Trump is making money off the presidency. It is wrong, however, I file it under no shit Sherlock. I'm not surprised by this. It's been going on for a long time, and the people in power don't seem to give a shit. So, I mean, what can you do? Alright. So, um... Toys R Us has been in some uh, hot, uh, hot water recently. And they closed some stores last year, and they'd been closing some stores off here and there it's been a very slow process so far considering what just happened and uh it was announced yesterday that toys r us is to officially close all the u.s stores ladies and gentlemen amazon wins again yes this is this is related to amazon this is i mean I, i'm guilty of it too it's like where did you do your christmas shopping Yesterday, uh, yesterday, yeah, you did Christmas shopping yesterday because you're that far advanced or that far behind. But where did where did you do your Christmas shopping for your kids? Did you do it at Amazon? I did. And so, I mean, it's convenient, and we need true competition to Amazon. But. Amazon is doing the Walmart strategy on steroids, whereas they operate at a loss. Amazon, the company, does. So you got to be willing to operate at an even bigger loss to compete with them because for some reason, I don't know if this is true of the rest of the world, but it seems like it is, but definitely in the United States, people... Don't shop based on values. They don't shop based upon the economic consequences as a direct result of their shopping. People shop based off of two things. Number one, first and foremost, the number one factor for everyone shopping is who's got the lowest price. This is how the race to the bottom is supported. So who has the lowest price? So Walmart figured this out a long time ago, and that's how it got its big market share and stranglehold over local economies and killed them off. But at least they were still a brick-and-mortar store giving people jobs. It was just lower paying, and the economies of those places generally went to shit after Walmart took them over. 
and Amazon comes along, and it's internet-based. That doesn't have a retail storefront. I mean, they just recently came up with one, but it, it does away with it. Tries to do away with employees too, and so. But Amazon primarily works out of warehouses, so they have more stuff, right? But they're operating at a huge loss as well, paying even lower wages than what the Walmart people get. Amazon's work environment is so bad that they have ambulances on site because they know that their employees are going to pass out. They're prepared for it. They're ready for it. They, they expect it to happen. What the hell is wrong with us? And yet, people don't know this because the media that everyone consumes is so focused, hyper-focused on business. We, you know, it's like we, uh, the media sees everything through the lens of big business, as I mentioned in a previous podcast. So, it never looks at it through the lens of labor. So, therefore, atrocities happening to the labor class is never mentioned in the corporate media because labor interest and corporate interest are diametrically opposed to each other. So if the media is portraying corporate interest, it will never, ever portray labor interest. That's why when you see segments on like Good Morning America after they get done with the news, but they still have a two or three hour show to do, you'll get that last hour or hour and a half over like, oh, look at the trendy things that are happening in shopping. Oh, here's ways how to save your money. Oh, here's ways how to shop. Here's how to find your deals. Here's how to save money. And because of this distorted lens and distorted reality, this is how everybody thinks in terms of shopping. They only care about lowest price and best deals. That's all they care about. And then the second factor is convenience. Okay, so if you have the lowest price, you normally win. But if you put convenience on top of that, you have certainly won. So if you want to be a competitor to Amazon, you have to operate at a super loss to actually get people to consider buying your stuff. And now you have to compete with two-day shipping. In fact, if you don't do two-day shipping, they will unfactor that and go back to convenience. Because people don't like change. People are slow to change. So Amazon has been around since the 90s and has just in the past like maybe five years gotten as big as it is. It's only just now become profitable. So it takes a long, long time to establish yourself. And, you know, that's... Amazon needs to die. Because if Amazon doesn't die, everyone else will. It's only a matter of time. Now let's go back to what Congress is doing. Alright. I don't know if I covered the bank deregulation bill, but here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the Orwellian party, party of Orwell, strikes again. For they have passed 
Senate Bill 2155. Official title is Economic Growth, Regulatory Relief, and Consumer Protection Act. Oh, well that sounds nice. Economic growth? Yeah, that's good. Regulatory relief? Um, you can get rot ringers to go along with that. They love that phrase. And Consumer Protection Act? Ooh, they're looking out for my interest with that, aren't they? Here's the summary of the bill. This bill amends the Truth in Lending Act to allow institutions with less than $10 billion in assets to waive ability to repay requirements for certain residential mortgage loans. What the fuck? Are you kidding me? That's exactly the kind of shit that brought us down in 2008. Banks giving loans to people who couldn't afford them and, and then turn around and betting against that, getting double paid for a shit loan that leads in someone losing a house. Other mortgage lending provisions related to appraisals, mortgage data, employment of loan originators, manufactured homes, and transaction waiting periods also modified, more than likely in the same way, as in modified as in uh, loosening them. That's regulatory relief, right? The bill amends the Bank Holding Company Act of 1956 to exempt banks with assets valued at less than $10 billion from the Volcker Rule, which prohibits banking agencies from engaging in proprietary trading or entering into certain relationships with hedge funds and private equity funds. So, this means banks with less than $10 billion, which is a shit ton of money, by the way, so a pretty big bank, can now trade your money away. Ah, well, that's fun, isn't it? Certain banks are also exempted by the bill from specified capital and leverage ratios with federal banking agencies directed to promulgate new requirements, which they won't do because Republicans. The bill amends the United States Housing Act of 1937 to reduce inspection requirements and environmental review requirements for certain smaller rural public housing agencies. Oh, okay, so um, houses that should be condemned are going to be good for people to live in now. That's not a disaster waiting. That's, that's not a public health disaster waiting to happen. Gee, I feel so good getting protected as a consumer from houses that might not kill me. Provisions relating to enhanced prudential regulations for financial institutions are modified, including those related to stress testing, leverage requirements, and the use of municipal bonds for the purposes of meeting liquidity liquid, liquid, fuck I can't say it requirements. So banks can get bailouts again. Ah Well that is that the economic growth part of it? Where the banks get given government money because they don't know how to do the do business this bill requires credit reporting agencies to provide credit freeze alerts and includes consumer credit provisions related to senior citizens minors and veterans 
Oh, that excludes me. That's great. That includes the greater part of America. Oh, gee, thanks. Is that my consumer protection too? Where you don't protect me, the consumer? Every single bit of that is absolute shit. The party of Orwell strikes again. And that's just a summary. That's not the full text. Like, I'm sure if I went digging through the text, I mean, it's a huge bill, but, I mean, it is a huge bill, but I guarantee you if I went digging through this, like, it would just be ridiculous. I'd find stuff, I'm sure I'd find stuff in here that, oh, sorry, I just got a breaking news report. That's going to fit right into a future news store, or one I'm doing a little bit. But, so much just shit packed into here. That's just not going, it's not going to protect, it's going to, it's going to facilitate a new housing crisis. And a new banking crisis. There will be a depression. And it will hit soon, thanks to bills like economic growth, regulatory relief, and Consumer Protection Act. Look at how awesome I am for the people. By doing exactly the opposite of what my bill suggests. Just like the Hearing Protection Act of 2017. You think it's about free earplugs for everybody? Fuck no. It's about gun silencers. The bill's primary sponsor is Senator Mike Crapo from Indiana. I don't know. That's not Indiana. That's Idaho. I'm a dumbass. So Idaho really likes its bank deregulations, right? Probably not. Nobody likes this shit. That's why they had to call it economic growth, regulatory relief, and consumer protection act. And it does none of those. But no one's going to care because people only read headlines. The devil is in the details, as mentioned last week. So now the real question is, there's no Democrats that would vote for this, right? I mean, they allowed it to proceed, but they weren't going to vote for it, right? Oh, that's what you think. The bill passed. The bill passed 67 to 31. And 31 of those were, of course, Democrats and Bernie Sanders. But there are 49 Democrats? 40? Yeah, 40. I think, yeah, there's 49 Democrats. So, shouldn't there have been more nays? Oh, why would there be more nays? So who, what Democrats voted for this? Now, of course, every Republican voted for it, including my two wonderful senators who care so much about the people with regulatory relief and consumer protection, economic growth. Democrats, uh, Bennett from Colorado, he, he did motion proceed. Uh, Carper from Delaware, I'm trying to see if any of these are big name Democrats who are supposed to be progressive. Coons from Delaware. Donnelly from Indiana. Mm. 
Uh, Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire. Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota. I heard she's a woman. That's awesome. Votes against people. Oh, <laughs> here you go. Oh, this is this is right there with it. Alabama's new amazing progressive senator turned Alabama blue for the first time in 20 years. Doug Jones, Democrat from Alabama, votes to hurt people. <laughs> Vice presidential candidate, Democrat from the glorious state of Virginia, Tim Kaine, votes to hurt people. Who would have saw that coming? That wasn't a cri criticism for having Tim Kaine as your vice president. Oh, no, that criticism was unfounded, right? Democrat from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Oh, man, that, that dude is, is a straight Republican. He votes with Republicans like 99% of the time. Yeah, sure, he might talk a good game every once in a while, but it's the votes that matter, not the words. From Missouri, Democrat Clara McCaskill. I heard she's pretty important, right? She's got to stay in there because she's the only one that can win. Votes to hurt people, by the way. She'll lose. All right. Democrats. Bill Nelson from Florida. Ah, yeah, I've seen him every once in a while say some things about DACA. Still votes to hurt people. Peters from Michigan. Uh, Shaheen from New Hampshire. Oh, so both Democrats from New Hampshire have voted to hurt people. Oh, man. Uh, Debbie Stabenow, Democrat from Michigan. I heard she is pretty important. You got to stay in there because, you know, stuff. John Tester from Montana. Warner from Virginia. Okay, that, that was all of them that I saw. Well, there's your Democrats' votes. I mean, folks, there's your Democrats. Can't always trust them, especially when they talk about bipartisanship, because this is what they mean by bipartisan. Bipartisan effort to screw you. That's what bipartisanship leads to. Because Republicans only care about screwing you. And they're only going to work to screw you. So the only way that bipartisanship can exist is if Democrats are helping Republicans. And if Republicans are only willing to screw you, that means Democrats are working with them to screw you. That's bipartisanship. And that's just, that's just not cool. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. All right. Want to go to the Trump news? Well, we'll do the does story first. Turns out, Trump lied to Justin Trudeau? No. He wouldn't lie to white Obama. That's basically what Justin Trudeau is. A young pretty boy who came up through politics. And the difference between Trudeau and Obama, besides country, 
is that Trudeau is um, Canadian political um, dynasty material. He, he's a second generation. From, from what I understand, he's a second generation politician. Uh, apparently his father was a prime minister, but I don't know much about him. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bullshit you on that. So Trump lied to Trudeau about trade deficits. Apparently Trump claimed that there was a trade deficit between the U.S. and Canada, and it turns out there's a trade surplus from the U.S. to Canada. So, you know, again, begs the question: surprised? No. Shocked? Not really. But, you know, it still it still stands. Alright, so I took a, a cut right then because I had to make make a break for myself. Because, you know, it was a, what am I, like 40 minutes or so? I'm using a program that only tells me the bar is in music because it's technically a music editor program. So the reason why I mentioned that is that, I, you know, I don't want to put a break in here because it's not necessary. It's not like I have advertisers or anything like that. But, uh... The reason why I'm putting it in here is it's not going to make any sense because now you're going to hear a cat purring because, you know, the, the cat really wants attention right now. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and pet it. So you're going to hear, hear it purring because it's, it's really wanting attention. It's getting close to nap time for us anyway. So, you know, he likes to sit in my lap while I take a nap. And he takes a nap with me around this time. So yeah, he's feeling a little deprived because I'm up here talking and he's getting all crazy and stuff about it. Alright, so we'll move on to the next topic that I have here. Alright, so... Uh, we're going to file another one under no shit. Uh, the news media is still going on and on about Stormy Daniels. And, you know, it's like, alright, so the story basically is that Stormy Daniels and... Trump had an affair while Melania was pregnant with uh, Baron Trump, and uh, and uh, so Trump was you know messing around with Stormy Daniels, and um, paid her hush money during the campaign to, to for her silence, and now it's out that that happened, and documents are surfacing that prove it, and. The corporate media and Democrats are in a frenzy about it, but those who are in actual power and most people that, you know, most regular people don't care. I don't care either. You know what? It's, it's personal life, okay? I'm not about that personal life attacks. Personal life doesn't matter to me. What matters is policy, okay? What do you stand for? What are you going to do to people? You know, not about what happens in your personal life. That's personal. Okay? You keep your home life at home. I don't care about your home life. That being said, I can certainly understand the reason why, you know, media, which, you know, even the corporate media leans toward Democrats. Not liberal, just, just Democratic side of things. And I can see why Democrats care about it. Because Democrats are constantly attacked as a, par a party that doesn't 
believe in the family for reasons. Primarily, it's based off abortion. But, and Republicans boast themselves as the party of family values. And if you're a party of family values, you're not going to do things that are against families. You know, like cheating on your wife, stuff like that. So, that's why this gets attacked so much. It's because the Republican Party boasts about being the party of family values. And cheating on your pregnant wife with a porn star is certainly not aligned with family values. But that being said, Republicans are hypocrites. That's what this story proves. Republicans don't care about it. You might see the rank and file family, the true believers of family values. You might see them go, uh, I really don't like that, but Trump's still my guy. And then, you know, the Fox News hosts, they, they're behind Trump no matter what. The televangelists are completely for Trump, and they're like, we forgive him for that, even though they'll completely light a Democrat on fire for it. But a Republican does it, they are gonna turn they're gonna turn the other cheek because they don't care. They're Republicans. They wanna be in power. That's what they care about. And if they're in power, everything else doesn't matter. Family values is just a ploy by them to gain power. They don't care about the actual meaning of the words. They're the party of George Orwell. It's a it's about using words to get people to do things that they that those in power want them to do. And normally it's against actual people and they normally don't care about the words they're actually saying. So no one gives a shit about Stormy Daniels. Nothing's gonna happen because of it. The Republicans aren't gonna turn on Trump. I don't know why people on the left keep on trying to do these petty attacks against Trump while they're pushing for impeachment because it's not going to happen under a Republican government. It's just not. Republicans file behind the leader. It's what they do. They're authoritarians. And Trump is the dear leader. They're not going to go against their base because their base is in a group of insane people. So they're not going to go against them. So they're going to go with Trump no matter what. Why are you trying to get Trump impeached? It's not going to happen as a why are you pushing for it? You're wasting, you're wasting your political capital on it because it's not going to happen unless the Democrats take over the House. And even then, they got to take over the Senate to actually do something about it. So, it's a waste of time. And the Stormy Daniels thing, the only good it shows is the hypocrisy of the Republican Party. But those who need to see it aren't going to see it because they're Republicans. So speaking of, so with more of not really outrageous things, but things that a normal sane person wouldn't do, but yet Trump will do it. Trump's new economic advisor is going to be a Fox Business host. And you know, whenever I saw, like I saw his name, his name was uh, his last name is Kudlow or something like that. And I saw it, and I'm like, that looks familiar. I couldn't place where it was from. And I saw another headline that said, uh, 
Trump's economic pick is camera tested. Again, I, 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 did, I didn't know what that meant at the time. You know, fully understood it. It's just like, okay, so he's been on camera? Is he proven to not say anything negative about Trump? And then it, I finally seen a headline that gave it what it was. Is that he, he's a Fox Business TV host. Who apparently is wrong about everything. Like He predicted Mitt Romney would win the 2012 election. And he clearly didn't win. And a lot of his economic advice tends to be like that. Where he's sure something's going to be the way it is. And then it turns around and it's the opposite. But that guy's going to be the economic advisor since Goldman Sachs quit <laughs> because of tariffs. So Goldman Sachs guy quit, so he gets Fox Business host. Because that's better. Nobody with like degrees in economics or anything like that. Just a guy from a TV network who reads from a teleprompter from a pro-Trump network. Yeah, that's that's going to be great. But again, it's not something I'm surprised by, so it still fits the topic of the episode. Things that don't surprise me. Alright, so, moving on with the, the final thing with the things that don't surprise me is that there is a Silicon Valley CEO who is this woman that was named the next Steve Jobs. I can't remember her name, and I'm not going to look her up because she's a CEO. Okay? She obviously didn't make the splash that she should have because I would know about her because I know a, a little bit about business news, you know? It's like it's like Larry Page founding Google. I cannot remember the name of the Microsoft CEO right now, but he's got like this Indian name. But, you know, like, Sunshine something. I, I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But before him was Steve Ballmer. So, yeah, I know these, even, like, low-key CEOs. Like, and I'm pretty sure the current Walmart CEO's name is Doug McMillan. It's like, I, I, I know who should be the big ones, right? I've never heard of this woman before. So she's not that big. Not that important. So... She was charged with massive fraud. Apparently, her products didn't work. Okay. So, something happened with her, and the, the media is going on and on about it, but I keep internally tuning it out because I don't care. It's a Silicon Valley CEO that got disgraced. Good. They all need to be disgraced. They're all too rich. They're all too powerful. And they think they're kings of the world. And queens. They enter kings and queens of the world. And they're not. They don't need to be. You know, we need the French Revolution, all the CEOs. So, are you surprised that a CEO got charged with massive fraud? I'm not. File it under, duh. CEOs are dirty people anyway. All capitalists are dirty, dirty people. They all need to be French Revolutioned. So, the final big topic. I've been saving this one for last. World War Three. 
is on its way. It's going to happen. Sooner rather than later. With the nerve gas attack on the Russian spy in the UK that I talked about yesterday. Pretty sure I mentioned that uh, I brought you up to speed about Britain expelling the all the diplomats. They're also apparently wanting to expel RT because that's a rational response. And originally France was waiting for the evidence, but you know the British government just declared that Russia did it and started getting you know started doing all this stuff. Although you know. It has the potential to be a false flag used to frame Russia. It has the potential. Didn't say it is. But with that in mind, and the British government went all crazy on Russia, and now they're also doing sanctions. France, who was originally waiting for a real conclusion, who are not anymore, France... And Germany have also condemned Russia for this unproven attack. And guess who finally did it? Trump himself has condemned Russia for the nerve gas attack. Apparently that's what it took. It's just some ex-spy in an allied country getting killed by a nerve agent. An ex-spy and his daughter. Two people. Under shoddy circumstantial evidence at best. And that's what it took. And while I was doing some of the earlier topics, when I mentioned that there was a news notification, here is that news notification. The Trump administration finally, this is from CNN and their wording, Trump administration finally announces new sanctions on Russia for its election meddling a month and a half after missing a congressional deadline. Well, that's one way to put it, isn't it? <laughs> hey, you're behind on these sanctions. Naughty. Shame on you. So Trump does what he wants him to do, and they're still shaming him for it. <laughs> what? That sounds... Just like corporate media. Washington Post's headline that I got was Trump administration sanctions Russian spy agents and trolls over U.S. election interference. Costly cyber attacks. God, these people. There's no end to it. There is just no. The only logical end to this is World War Three. It's going to happen. We're pushing it. We're pushing it so hard right now. And now Trump has finally gone along with it. Is Jake Uger finally going to say, hey, Trump has finally broke free of the shackles of Russia by, by finally doing the sanctions? Is he going to say that? He's probably not because he hasn't so far. Everything Trump's ever done against Russia, Trump just goes, oh, that's just the appearance of not being bought. But he's still really bought behind the scenes. Now that Trump's finally done what he said that he wanted him to do, is Jake Uger going to flip now? I know that corporate media is not. They've done proven that. 
is, is Cenk Uygen going to flip? Is TYT going to flip and say, finally, he he's escalated with Russia just the way I wanted him to do it? And then when Russia, who has promised retaliation for Britain's actions, if Russia decides to retaliate against the entire West, World War III will happen! It's coming! And we're pushing it. We are the cause. World War III will happen. It's a matter of time. So, we're pushing a bill that's going to get us into a depression. Probably bigger than the Great Depression. What followed the Great Depression? World War fucking II. So now, we're pushing for war with Russia, who's the next big power. And so, if we're pushing Russia, and I mentioned way earlier, we're pushing against China too. And we're pushing against North Korea. And we're pushing against Iran. We're pushing against four different countries right now. The whole West against the four countries in the East. War. This is World War Three. This is World War Three. The, the lines are drawn and we're crossing them. And I am absolutely speechless on it. It, it. it grinds my gears. And I hate even using that. It grinds my gears. And then I watched in the UN Nikki Haley giving a speech talking about the Russian nerve gas and she's over here going, well, what's going to happen if it gets used in New York? This can get used in New York City. This can't use in Manhattan. Oh, my. So Nikki Haley is scaremongering about it. Scaremongering. That is... A <laughs> That's how much British Parliament I've been watching. I watch Prime Minister's Questions every week. We call it fear-mongering in the U.S. So Nikki Haley is over here fear-mongering. Ah, the nerve gas. It's going to happen in Manhattan. So now we got to do sanctions against Russia too because there was nerve gas that was used against an ex-Russian spy. And Oh no, Russia did it. Even though there's no real evidence to it. Russia says, show me the evidence. UK says, fuck off. You did it. <laughs> <coughs> God damn it. So what's first? The next Great Depression or World War III? It'll be interesting to see how the history unfolds. It will be interesting. And this, this is still just more dark days. Like, I've mentioned before that I, I want to live in like a Star Trek type world. But I've also mentioned that in Star in Star Trek lore, even from the original series, even though it got its timeline wrong, but it was giving a warning then. But it it the original series of Star Trek gave the the lore of their version of Earth. And they mentioned World War Three happening in the nineties as a result of the Cold War gone hot. And that and that their the beginnings of the Federation came out of that. And um, you know I agree with that premise, but they got their timeline wrong obviously because it's past the nineties and it didn't happen. We prolonged it, but it it's starting to look like it's gonna happen now. But it was a warning then about the Cold War. And now, 
we got the new Cold War escalating far quickly, far more quickly than the old Cold War. And we're... It's sad to see it unfold. And I'm quite nervous about it. I don't get nervous about much. But understanding what it means makes someone who's a student of history very nervous. No good can come from this. The only, at least in the, at least in the near future, maybe the distant future we can see something, because even Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, maybe the Next Generation, I don't remember it from Next Generation, but definitely Deep Space Nine, mentions that their version of Earth, in order to get to where they were at that point, where it's, you know, peace and technological advances and all that good stuff, in order to get there, they first had to have a huge, major cataclysmic war happen over the world first. And out of those ashes came their world. And you know... I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They are unfortunately right. Now, they they gave it a more realistic timeline in Deep Space Nine. They gave it like the 2100s or something like that. Whereas the original series gave it the 90s and was just making a reference to the Cold It was a warning for the Cold War. And it's going to happen sooner in Deep Space Nine, but obviously later in the original series. It's going to happen in the next 50 years. And that even that's kind of a broad timeline. I really think the next 10 years we'll see that cataclysmic event. <laughs> if it's not climate change first. If we prolong it, climate change is going to get us. So, eh. What's, what's worse, the, the fast death of war or the slow death of climate change? We're, we're going to die anyway. That's great to end it on, isn't it? Oh, man. That's... That's funny. Uh, and I have a dark sense of humor, too. So anyway, that's all the topics. Um, I think this episode's gone on long enough. So I'll save my other two topics for... I'm going to make them a different episode, and I'll go over them tomorrow for you guys. I'm going to go ahead and make that show tonight, or today. I'm going to just go ahead and record it. So that way I can upload it tomorrow, and you'll get it tomorrow. And I'm going to read one of the DNC emails, one of the obvious DNC emails I railed against. I kept one because I got it again. And uh, it's not as egregious as the other ones, but it, it still gets my po- point across. Oh, wait, no, I've already read a DNC email, haven't I? You know what? So I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to critique Chinton Desai's website for anyone that's interested in it. And it'll just be its own standalone episode. So, with that being said, have a wonderful day, and uh, let's hope that we don't get blown up very soon.